Behind the Bite podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like the Full of Shit podcast, After the First Marriage podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite podcast. This podcast is about the real life struggles women face with food, body image, and weight. We're here to help heal, inspire, and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. Well, hello, everyone. Yes, yeah, so today I have a guest who has been on here before, and you may not remember her because it's been a while, so I will reintroduce her. Jessica Marini is a speech-language pathologist in a special education school where she helps teenagers communicate their wants and needs to others. And during the pandemic, she decided to start a blog, Decompress with Jess. And her intention with this blog was to create a space where people can totally decompress and relax while discussing mental health, body image, and pretty much everything in between. And she thought it would be nice to hear from the perspective of an everyday average person going through life just like you and sharing her experiences. And as I said, it's been a while, but we have since kept in touch and it's been through some back and forth messaging that we both thought it was a great time to have her come back on the show and discuss something we both had on our minds. And what was that? It was, it's all those diet apps. They seem to be everywhere. So what better topic to bring to the show than those? We're both coming in with different perspectives, so this is sure to be quite a lively discussion. And I honestly have no idea what you're about to hear, but knowing Jess, this is sure to be quite a show. So with that, I'm going to go get Jess and get right into it. Well, Jessica, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hi, Dr. Christina. I'm so happy to be back on. You were the first person that really inspired me to have my podcast and I was on your podcast and you were on mine and I just feel like this is a full circle moment. I'm I'm just so excited for today. Me too. And I know we've been talking a little bit uh before recording about what we wanted to talk about and I know we've tackled some like topics just, you know, back channeling but uh, you know, this article came up and I think we were both kind of looking at it like sideways, like, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> um, so it's the 13 best apps similar to Noom 2022. And it was just dated February 9th of 2022. And, you know, we're coming at a, a little bit different perspectives, but I think very similarly, you know, like I'm at the eating the certified eating disorder specialist and psychologist and and um maybe you're coming at it from less of a specialist perspective but i think it, it's an interesting discussion about like what are these apps about and you know i think there's a lot of people like uh out there looking at these apps going oh this is just what i need let me go start like bettering myself or it's not really about weight loss. It's not really a diet or couched in something else. And I don't know, you tell me, what what do you think about when you see these apps advertised? I think it's a great conversation to have because like you said, you're coming from the expert's point of view and I'm kind of coming from the consumer's point of view because I have, I've had some of these apps. I have my, I mean, we'll get into all the apps, but the one I have now is my fitness pal and I've had it for years, but uh, I mean, 
even us talking about it before, you know more about this than I do. And I'm looking at an app and I'm like, oh my gosh, Dr. Christina, this one seems so cool. It has this, this, and this, and it said the word psychology in it. So it must be good. And you're like, Jessica, you're like, no, (laughs) it's not. And that's a good point because as a consumer, I'm coming from it as I want an app that's going to hold me accountable for not even just losing weight or gaining weight. Just, I want to see how many calories are in food. I want to see how much protein I want to see the breakdown in it, but I'm not really considering the health aspect of it. So, I mean, I'm pretty much going into this naively and I'm glad that at least you have your point of view and you're coming at it from having more experience from it. You're kind of working from the inside out. So I think it's important that we bring this to light because so many people are using these apps, not knowing what they're really getting themselves into. And it's kind of scary. Right. And, you know, I have to say, I look at the ads and I've seen some of the commercials and, um, you know, I can see why someone would be like, oh, it's not a diet. It's based in psychology. This is, this is a quote unquote good app, or this is something different that I haven't tried. Let me go for it. And, you know, I've had other people on the show before talking about these apps going, no, this is, these are just diets, you know, hidden under, you know, these big fancy words. I feel like buzzwords, they just find these buzzwords or these catchphrases or these things that we're all looking for. Everyone's very into psychology and mental health now. So imagine an app that focuses on your mental health and your physical health. Of course, a lot of people are going to be like, I'm sold, but is that what they're really doing? I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, right? Like we just get back to the basis of, of what food is. It's fuel and nutrition, right? And so like, maybe you tell me you've got the MyFitnessPal app, like, doesn't it make you a little bit more aware or or think more about your food than maybe if you didn't have the app? And uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it does, but it's like a double-edged sword because I feel like I'm hypervigilant now with the app. I mean, I've had it since maybe... 16, 17. So now it's just second nature to me. Like whenever I'm, and I'm 31, spoiler alert, but whenever I'm out, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, uh, I won't do it when I'm out because I don't know, I'm, I'm, you know, interacting with my friends. When I go home, I'm like, okay, Jessica, what did I eat today? So I put everything in and now it's just like second nature to me. So yes, it's good to be aware of what the food is and the breakdown. But now I feel like like I'm so hypervigilant that it might not be a good thing. I think there has to be a va- balance and sometimes people might become too addicted to these apps. So, wow, you've had it a lot. I didn't realize it was out that long. That's a long time. I didn't really either until I started, I mean, maybe like 16, 17, but definitely since I was younger. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And I remember because I struggled with weight when I was younger, I was, I remember at 21, I was, um, a hundred pounds and I'm five, seven. So I'm just naturally thin and I'm like, I need to do something to gain weight. So I was thinking, okay, let me try to look up something that will help. And my, my fitness pal, I saw that it's been around maybe actually 21. Okay. But still that's a long time. That's 10 years. And I was like, okay, this must be a good app. Let me see. And ever since then, it's just like you, you, for people who don't know what it is, you just put how much weight you want to be. So you put your current weight and how much weight you want to be. And then they just tell you how many calories you're supposed to have a day and how many you're supposed to have for the week. And then you're supposed to weigh yourself at the end to see if if you've gained the amount you've wanted or if you've lost the amount that you've wanted. And mm, yeah, it could just be very addicting sometimes. And I'm thinking as someone who's 
you know, in my years ago, as most listeners know, if you listened to me before, I had an eating disorder. You know, I didn't grow up with apps or the internet or any of that. I could imagine myself as a 14, 15, 16 year old who had access to an app like that. That would have just made my eating disorder that much worse. I mean, I was already writing down and calculating things in my mind and and on paper, but to have an app where it was that accessible and it was right there and calculating things and keeping me I don't know, on track and reminding me to weigh myself at the end and doing all of that, that would have just perpetuated things even worse, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but, you know, we've, we've looked at some of these, uh, these apps and like you said, what, what are they doing allowing minors on these things and not really like thinking about who their users are and what the implications might be? I think there should be an age limit or like some type of education that you have to have before you go on the app. Like the app should provide like a section that in, before you even use the app, like they should give information because think about it, I'm young, I'm 21 years old and I'm just going on this app like, oh my gosh, like I need to have this many calories for the day. Like, I don't know. What if I'm young and I'm like, okay. I can have like three cheeseburgers for the day and it's good. Like it's showing like, like you said before, food is fuel that goes into our body. It's not really showing the good parts. And also, like you said, it's perpetuating my further eating disorder and how I feel about myself because it's kind of showing, okay, if I do all this work, then I'm going to gain weight and muscle and feel good about myself rather than I feel like it's preventing me from doing that inner work and feeling good about myself, regardless if I'm the weight that I desire to be. So I think it's probably better you grew up without these apps because I just feel like they make me crazy sometimes. (laughs) But it's, you know, maybe you, you know, like I said, you're using the app, like, does it ever get to the point where you feel like, oh, maybe I, I'm more aware of what I'm eating, or I won't eat this, or I feel a certain way about food based on what I'm putting into the app, or have to be accountable for? Yeah, I think it's the point for me now, like, even if I don't use it one day, I'm just very aware of like, what is going into my body. And it's sort of a routine for me. So I'm pretty much very regimented with what I eat just because I'm a person of routine. So I don't even know if that's because of me as a person or maybe the app kind of like helped facilitate that. But yeah, I'm just very aware. And I guess that's a good thing to have. But with everything, there has to be a balance. So it shouldn't always be me being aware. Like there are some days like Easter was yesterday. I made it a point to not be on my app tracking everything because my gosh, I'm from a big Italian family. We're having raviolis, we're having rice bowls, we're having chicken cutlets, we're having London broil. I don't want to look at the app and be like, oh my gosh, because then it says in red, you are supposed to stay under your sugar for the day. You are supposed to stay under your total fat. And I'm like, all right, like, let's just calm down for a minute. Like I'm, I'm human and it's going to happen sometimes. Oh my goodness. So it has these red alerts. Like, I know. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, my head's spinning. <laughs> so here you are and trying to enjoy your holiday. And I can imagine if you, you were so diligent and using this app like every day, like what that might do to somebody like, oh my gosh, it's a red flag day. And like, I'm getting all these alerts. And, you know, I think there is that idea of I'm bad. I, I, you know, I eat the bad food. I eat the good food, the this, that, like so much of your, emotions or your feelings of self-worth are based on if you eat the good food, bad food. And so here you have this app saying, you're red, you're bad, you did something awful. Like, 
ouch, like it's not even just coming from yourself internally. There's this external app telling you like, uh oh, you did something bad. I was just going to say that you hit the nail on the head. Like, I feel like our weight and how we feel about ourselves. I mean, and obviously all the clients you've seen, I feel like there's probably a theme of self-worth that's tied to it. So I feel like these apps maybe prevented me from asking myself, why is it so important for me to be this weight? What does it mean for me? I mean, obviously health, but take health out. Like, what does it do for my self-worth? Like, am I really only considered good enough if I'm, you know, 10 pounds heavier because, you know, being hundred pounds at 21 is considered too skinny. And I feel like these apps really prevent you from going in that direction. And I feel like maybe they should educate people further. Like if you want to do this, this is great, but also consider if you don't do it, like that's also okay. And you're still just as great and worthy of all the good things that life has to offer you. So then you bring up a really interesting point, right? Like, is the underlying motivation for these apps or, or the purpose, I guess, just for weight loss? Because here are you saying, like, I want to go here to put in the nutrition value and put in the things to make sure I'm, I'm fueling my body with enough so that I can, your goal was gaining weight. So it didn't seem like the apps, at least that one you're using, um, really promoted that or, or helped support you in that in terms of like, am I getting enough fuel and nutrition for my body to reach some kind of different goal, which most people I think go to the apps for the opposite goal, which is to lose weight. Um, if I'm being honest. Right. Yeah. And so that's an interesting thing. Like if they're promoting like wellness and health, what is the purpose of weighing yourself? Like what does it have to do with weight at all? Right. And it's very interesting you say that because the app does like there's a portion of it on the bottom that says when you scroll all the way down nutrition. So every day I have to have a certain amount of protein for the day, a certain amount of carbs, a certain amount of sugar, and that's fine. But it's very interesting that if I go over it, the app is like, it's in red. It comes up like when you put the food in, it's like, you're supposed to stay. I feel like I'm being yelled at. It's like, you're supposed to stay under this for the day. But if I don't hit that protein for the day. It never says it the opposite way. It's never like you didn't reach your protein goal for the day. It's like mostly just concerned with the number of calories that I'm hitting. So I could hit those calories for the day, but like, you know, if I eat, I'm not really, you know, if I eat something that's bad and I still hit it, it doesn't matter because it's not alerting me that I didn't hit my protein for the day. So it's just really concerned about that number. And then that kind of perpetuates weighing yourself all the time and just really becoming so hypervigilant with it that sometimes I do take a break from the app because I don't think it's good for my mental health. So that's really key thing. I don't think it's good for my mental health because that, again, they're trying to promote wellness and you... I would imagine you're going there so that you can feel better overall about yourself. But here you're coming out saying like, oh my gosh, like I actually feel worse. And not only that, but I, I mean, I'm personally wondering like, where do they get these guidelines or these baselines of how much you need to eat in a certain category? Like how much protein, how much this, how much that? Like they don't even know you. It's just this cook. That's where the danger is. I think for me is like, there's this cookie cutter approach for everybody, there's this template, you know, it's an app for everybody. 
yet they don't know you. They don't know me. They don't know like somebody like thousands of miles away. And it seems like everybody's going to be put against the same kind of template and these guidelines that based on what, you know, that's the scary part for me. And the other scary part I'm hearing is this notion of still holding on to like the good and the bad, right? So if you do this, you're good. If you do that, you're bad. And what that does again to your psychological health and well-being for the day or just overall over time, like why is food labeled as good or bad? Or if you do this, you're good or you're bad. It's like, it's food. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, has such a, it has such a power over us. And I feel like over time, like it just becomes stressful. Like the whole idea around food and eating, like it just becomes like a stressor. And I'm just like, why am I just so worried about food, but it's being perpetuated in everything around us. When you're on social media, it's like food. When you're on the apps, it's about food. And um, I feel like I've found, you know, they're trying to tell you not to eat this, not eat, not to eat that. But I find like if I just allow myself to eat what I want within a, you know, obviously everything in moderation, then my body doesn't crave it. You know what I mean? Imagine if I said to myself, pizza is bad. There is no protein. There is nothing nutritious about it. It's just bread and sauce. And I love it, but imagine, and cheese. But imagine if I said to myself, I cannot have pizza. Imagine one day I would probably snap and be like, Dr. Christina, I am eating pizza. I'd probably eat way more pizza for then if I said to myself, you know what, Jessica, it's been a long day. I'm having a slice of pizza and that's okay. I don't think that society now society is telling you it's okay. But when I was growing up, it's like, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. You can't do this. You can't do that. I still think that message is out there for sure. You know, I hear it all the time with people I work with and it's, oh, I can't have this in the house. I don't trust myself around it. If it's in the house, I'll binge on it or I'll eat all of it. And, you know, my, you know, I say to people all the time, like, no, have it in the house. Because if you don't, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to have that reaction of when you are around that food, that forbidden food, it's going to be the mentality of like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to get it again. This is my last time. It's like the dam broke. It's like the last supper. It's like, I'm going to eat it all, <laughs> eat it all now. And then I'll be quote unquote good again tomorrow. Like this is my last opportunity. So I got to eat more of it than I would have normally eaten in any given point in time. If I was just around it all the time and had a normal relationship with the food. You know, it's like, I got to overdo it and get it all in now. And then I'm done. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, this is my quote unquote bad moment. This is my cheat moment, if you, whatever you want to call it. And then, okay, I got to abstain from it again. And it, it, it's that, that cycle versus if it's around all the time. And I hear this all the time. People say, I never believed you when you told me if I had these foods in the house that I would one day just have them in the house and they would go uneaten or I'd forget they were there. But it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But people don't believe me. They're like, no, no, I can't have them. I can't, I can't have the ice cream. I can't have the chocolate in the house. Are you kidding me? No, there's no way. I'm like, try it. Let's see what happens. Right. Rather than giving yourself one cheat day where you could eat whatever you want, which if that works for people, fine. Like imagine if every day could be like a cheat moment where you're just having like that bowl of ice cream. It doesn't have to be like a tub of ice cream. Like you're allowed to have everything in moderation and your body feels better. And then there's even no guilt tied to it. I feel like when we have 
cheat days, as they say, it's kind of like I feel guilty because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm so gluttonous and I can't believe I did this and tomorrow I'm going to be good. But in reality, like, what does that really mean? You know, if we really take the time to sit back and think what we're actually doing to ourselves, we're shaming ourselves. We're making us feel guilty for eating food. We're not machines. I can't eat, I guess, clean, as they say. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you have to allow yourself like, I don't know, I just feel like we forget like our body does so many things. And I'm so grateful for it. I just feel like I'm punishing it sometimes like you can't have this, you can't have that. It, it needs a break sometimes. I think you're absolutely right, right? And just, I mean, I want to kind of go back to these apps, right? Like I, I think, um, you know, there was these, what did it say? 13 best apps yeah. similar to Noom, right? And I pulled mm-hmm. one up that, I mean, just so the listeners know, like there was, many of them scare me, right? But I pulled one up in particular. I just kind of scrolled through the 13 and oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, there's one I pulled up and I'm just saying, I I, I made a, a hypothetical person, not myself, right? And I don't normally talk numbers. Like I, I think they're very triggering if we talk weights and numbers and things like that. Cause I know most of you listening are like, oh my gosh. And so I apologize if we're talking numbers and weights and things today, but we're, I think there's a purpose to it. Um, so I pulled this one up called Fujikate and um, it says it's the perfect alternative to Noom if you like to analyze your eating habits in terms of healthy and wholesome ingredients rather than just calories. Okay. Um, she's already like nope (laughs) it says uh, health is more is about more than just calories it's critical to eat foods that have quality ingredients and Fujikate will help you do that Um, it says the goal of it is to educate people about healthy eating habits okay so here we go I went on the app and as Jessica knows I was mortified Um, I put in a, a, a fake person um, first of all, I put a 14 year old female who is 5'10. And again, I apologize for anyone who's triggered by numbers. Please uh, pause or fast forward if you are. A 5'10 female at 14 years old who's 115 pounds currently. And they asked for the your goal. And I put the goal was to be 100 pounds. So this 14 year old female who's 5'10 wants to lose 15 pounds. Um, and then they ask, how active are you? And I put not active. So they calculated this, the daily caloric intake that this 14 year old female would need for the day at 1430 calories. I think it's just alarming that you were even able to join the app at such a young age. And there was nothing about like health or consult with your doctor or first of all, 14 years old, you're a minor, like talk to your parents. Like, it's just, I don't even understand how that was like possible. So, so many, I would just have so many concerns about that. I was just like, okay, you want to create the app, join it. And then they just come up with this number, not considering the person's health, her age. That's just mind boggling to me. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I'm thinking, even if we took the age out of it, even if, even if this person was 25, okay, 30, 50, whatever age, any female that's 5'10 at 115 pounds to start and wants to lose 15 pounds. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that doesn't seem right either. 
Um, that to me is very alarming. Like where's the red flag going, you know, this, this app is not right for you, or that's not a, an attainable goal, or that's maybe consult with your doctor. Um, something where's, where's the stop gap where there's an alert here, like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Is this, is this something that we should even entertain or is this a person we should you know, allow into our app? Is this an achievable goal or is this even a reasonable goal? Um, and then if we even take all that away, <laughs> just not take even, that away. Not like, even the, that, but I just feel like even if they mentioned, I know like not to rely heavily on BMI because, you know, even that's another one. Someone could, people could be two different ages, but they just really focus on the weight. But even alone, like that weight, it, they probably would be like, oh, okay, if you want to lose weight, I guess it's up to everyone. It's, you know, personal choice, but they should let someone know, like, that's might not be the healthiest choice considering the weight you're at now. It might, you might be already under weight or whatever, but regardless, even if there are, of course, then you run the risk of saying something that's triggering, triggering, and you wouldn't want to upset anyone, but then you could also tell them, consult with your doctor, consult with a health expert, consult with the nutritionist, this could just be used as a guide. And I think also they wouldn't make money if they had to say, consult with your doctor first, and then you could use the app, which is probably why they just let anybody join. But I just still can't believe that you put, you are such a young age and they just let you join like nothing. Imagine your parents would probably be so upset. Well, I'm th- my daughter's almost 14 and I'm just thinking, gosh, if she was on this app and I had no idea, ah, like that's scary because I'm also looking at, okay, again, if we just take away the age, right? The daily caloric intake, again, I apologize for anyone who's triggered by this, but 1,430 is such a scary amount for any woman of any age. That is, you know, I know out there in social media land, you know, the average is way less than that for, I think most women that I talk to think, uh, you know, 900 to 1200 calories is an average daily caloric intake, which, you know, if you listen to one of my previous, my first podcast, we talk, I talk a lot about, um, a starvation study that was done in the fifties that, you know, starvation was considered 1275 calories a day. Scary, right? We don't talk about this. So, I mean, for a female in puberty to have just over that for daily caloric intake scares me, you know, that they're prescribing this or saying this is how much you need. But here's the thing. It says for this 14 year old, the target weight is a hundred pounds to lose 15. The target date for this is November 14th. So they're saying the weekly weight loss for this 14 year old is half a pound a week. I mean, I'm not even the expert. I don't, I don't know what, is that even something, is that a healthy goal for someone to have, especially at that age? I'm not really sure. Well, I'm just saying for uh, somebody 5'10 at 150 pounds, just start to lose any weight. I mean, I, I'd be even thinking, okay, let's, let's take into consideration, like all aspects of this person's health to start. Like they don't even know like their health status. Right. Why are we talking about weight loss? 
That's such a good point. Like I didn't, I didn't even think about good thing because you're the expert. You don't even know people's medical conditions or health conditions. I don't even know. Was that an, did you have to put that in before? You don't even know if the person has a pre-existing condition and maybe that's why they are at a certain weight. And I can't even believe that. That's what I'm saying. Even for my fitness pal, nothing was asked. I'm sure there were disclaimers so nobody could sue, but it's not, you don't, that's, it's like you said, it's a cookie cutter, one size fits all. But I think if people really want to invest in an app, there should be one that I guess you have to pay for, but it would have to be more specific or if you don't have time to go to a nutritionist, maybe there would be an app that's like a nutritionist, but it's more tailored to your needs. Right. I, I'm just looking at this going like, uh, what, but I, I think the bottom line is like you're saying, why is weight loss a goal? Why are we promoting weight loss when, to your point with my fitness palette, what is the effect of that being the goal on sometimes your mental health and well-being or how you feel for the day when you're getting these red alerts or for you know this fake person I made up like what is this going to do to their physical health and well-being if they actually take this on and do this like what's going to happen to this poor 14 year old I think it's going to be tied to self-esteem for sure because if she actually does lose that weight and one person happens to say to her And it could just be because she has a really nice haircut or she's wearing a different dress. If someone says to her, oh my gosh, you look so great. She's going to think, oh my gosh, it must be because I lost this weight. Good, good. And then it feeds her story that she's telling herself. I am only good enough. I am only worthy. I only deserve attention and to feel good about myself if I'm at this weight. And I feel like it ties back to social media And there's a pressure, even with the apps that alter your body, that we're only good enough if we look a certain way. And that's not possible. There's not one size fits all. Well, and that too, and I I hear from some of the people, you know, around me that, you know, whether it's people I actually work with in my practice or people that I don't, that a lot of teenagers are looking on social media and they're following people that give their height, their weight, like what they eat in a day or this or that. But I think what they're looking at mostly is I want to look like this person. And so they're looking at what they put out there in terms of like their height and weight. And so they attach it to like, oh, if I want to look like that, that's what I need too. So I can imagine this fake 14 year old they made up going, oh, I saw on social media this influencer I'm following put like, Hey, they're five ten too. That's how much they put their weight as a hundred. So I, you know, I want to look like them. This is why I have chose that goal. And that's scary to me to think like these arbitrary numbers and these things that people have in their minds of, oh, that's that's attainable, that's achievable. And I want that too because someone else put it out there. Mm-hmm. That's yep. scary. And I think it's important to realize even if me and you were the same weight. And I'm like, Dr. Cena looks amazing. I want to look like her. How much do you weigh? Okay. So that's going to be my goal. My body at the end of the day is still very different than your body. So even though you look great and you like whatever number it is, and I want to have that number, I might never look like you because my body is 
that's different from yours. So it's very scary to go on Instagram or whatever social media platform you use. And sometimes they do put, this is what I eat in a day and they put their weight and the calories and things like that. But some of them actually are more transparent now. And they're saying they have a disclaimer, but this is for my body and what's good for me. Everybody's different. And I appreciate that, but not a lot of them are. So if we're not really educated on it and we see it, and I'm younger, I might be like, okay, I'm going to write this down. This is what I have to have today. This is what I have to do. She's having these amount of calories for the day and she looks like that. Then that's definitely going to be for me, but that's not true. Right. Or even if, even if they're just following somebody and they don't put what they eat in a day, but they're going, oh, I want to look like that. These are, you know, this is somebody who's my same height. That's what they put as their weight. I want to know how to look like that. They might go on an app like the one I just talked about or one of the other 13 that are on here um, and go, okay, I, I'm going to plug in these numbers. These are my goals. How, now I'm going to follow this because that's how I'm going to get there. And as I'm looking at this, this is again, very scary. I'm thinking, what is this going to do this, the physical health and well-being and emotional well-being of this person? Mm-hmm. It's scary. And even bigger picture, we all have to ask ourselves. And sometimes it's a hard question to answer because I know it's still hard for me. Why? why do we want to be at this number? Why do we think at this number, we will feel good about ourselves? And it's still taken, I'm still putting the work in mentally to try to understand, you know, just because I think I have to be at this weight doesn't mean that I'm only worthy at this weight. And it doesn't matter. I feel like, I think it was on the episode of the one that we recorded last time, it was so interesting. Or it was one of the episodes I listened to that you had. If you're at dinner and someone's like, oh my gosh, you look great. Like you said, you think that that would make you feel better, but then also it could be like, okay, well, they said I looked great. Did I not look great last time? But then if I look great now, I have to stay like this or then I won't be great next time. So then it just all these ideas and thoughts are swirling around in your head and then it just becomes a vicious cycle. And I think these apps know that and that's why they're further adding and fueling our insecurities. Well, right. And I, I, that's a great point, right? Because then it's like your value and worth becomes based on your external. Because here, here's the other thing. Let's say you get that like compliment or whatever you want to call it, um, comments when you have you know, quote unquote, hit your goal, right? What is the message there? It's like, oh, I finally reached my goal. People are telling me I look great. Now I've got to stay here. But what if in order to get there, you really had to white knuckle it and struggle and like your whole life was consumed with, you know, following this horribly regimented and like probably very unsustainable lifestyle. Now it's like, okay, I, oh, I've got this compliment. I've got to stay here now, right? Like, that's going to be the rest of your life. It's not like you can just suddenly let up. And I don't know, maybe you can tell me what you have heard from other people or think yourself, but you know, my understanding for most people, and I, I went through this myself, I thought once I reach that goal, then I can have this great, happy, wonderful life and I can be happy. I'll be like, I'll have arrived, whatever that means. But it's never enough because once you reach it, it's like the pressure's really on at that point. Now it's like, okay, I got to maintain it. And in order to maintain it, I've got to continue living like this. That's not happy. That's not being free. I can't, you know, I, you know, if I'm saying me at this point, I'm just going to personalize it for a second. If, it, if that was me, I don't do this anymore. But if that was me and I achieved my goal, I'd be like, oh, 
I can't now go to the party. I can't now, you know, eat what I want. I can't go to a restaurant or whatever I want or not think about food. Now it's even worse. You hit the nail on the head because interestingly enough, I think it was maybe October, November, or, you know, I was just under a lot of stress. So I weighed myself and I guess no matter what I was eating, I guess it just wasn't sticking. I was um, a lot lighter than I am now, probably. And I'm sorry, like you're saying for anything is triggering for anyone with numbers. I was, I'm five, seven, and I was not really at a healthy weight. And it was just all because of stress. So I was 15 pounds lighter than I am now. So I do thank my fitness pal for giving me the tool to be more aware of it, it is a good app in the sense of it's more aware. So I was not eating also because I was very stressed out. So my fitness pal was kind of reminding me, Jessica, like you didn't eat today as much as you should have, you need to eat. So I think it's good in that aspect. But like you said, now, thank God I am 15 pounds heavier and I feel more at peace with things going on in my life. So the number, yes, well, the number is, more attached to me feeling like I did something for myself and I'm trying to be healthy and be more aware of eating more when I'm stressed. Like you said, now I feel pressure. Oh my gosh, I have to stay at this weight because even when I'm at work, people are like, oh my gosh, Jessica, you you used to look so sick. And again, I'm like, I don't even know why people feel like it's appropriate to just say what they want. They're like, you look sick, but you look so great now. And we, we were talking about it before and you just look great. And I'm just like, thank you. I appreciate it. But now I'm like, okay, that means I didn't look great before. I need to maintain this. And last weekend, actually, I was sick and I was nervous about missing the gym and I was stressed about not hitting my calories. So I'm like, what if I miss it? Then I'm going to lose weight. And then, you know, I'm going to lose more weight and then I'm going to look sick again and people are going to say stuff. So you're right. It's just, you have to really find that balance that you are worthy, whether you are this weight or this weight, and you need to really be at peace with who you are as a person, because our body is only, I feel like one, one thousandth of who we are as a person. And there's so much more to us on the inside. And I try to remind myself when I'm 90 years old with the help of God, if I'm still here, people aren't going to be like, oh my gosh, Jessica looked so great. And that's it. It's like, no, Jessica was a nice person. She was caring. She was sweet. Dr. Christina is a great person. She's a great listener. She's so fun and she's creative. There's so much more to us. And I feel like we have to try to learn that now because otherwise we're like just wasting all our time with this too. I mean, your obituary is not going to say like, Jessica survived at X weight at this size. I'm not going to say that. I don't think that's that's such a good point. If we ever need advice, I feel like we should always, I love speaking to elderly people because they really just put it all in perspective and they're always like, I wish I did this. So I feel like I try to really do what they say because they've been in that and they wish they could change some things. And you're Mm -hmm. right. When you are, you have your obituary, it's not going to say your height, your weight, the calories you had to put in. It's not going to say any of that. It, It doesn't mention that at all. It mentions who you are as a person. Right. And you know, I, I do have to say something like, I, I think you're so refreshing because you totally bring to mind the whole point here that comments about somebody's appearance and weight, it doesn't matter like if somebody's feeling like those comments are inappropriate for whatever reason, because I think most people would be like, gosh, you know, I, I never really thought that if somebody was looking 
sickly or underweight or felt underweight or wanted to gain weight, that that would be a bother to them to get comments about how they looked. But, you know, because I think a lot of people probably listening to are going, oh, I wish I had Jessica's problem. I could just hear it on their head. Like, but it's, that's the whole point. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. It doesn't matter what you weigh. It doesn't matter your size. If you are putting so much of your value and self-worth on how you look on the outside and saying that matters more than anything else. Because when you get the comments, think about what that does to you. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. And that that's a good point because I, of course, you know, people will probably not understand. They're like, oh, what is it like to gain weight? And I totally get that because I also don't know what it's like on the other side to not be able to lose weight and feel that stress. So I can't imagine when people go through that what they feel like also, but I think the common theme, which you were trying to tie between the both, which I think is great is whatever weight you are, if you're not comfortable with it and people make comments, you feel a pressure to change it. And then when you do stay at that weight, you feel a pressure to maintain it. And if you don't, then what is the outcome? People will start saying things, but then I try to challenge myself and I'm like, if people say things, then that's really just a reflection off of them. I feel like people comment because it's bringing back stuff that they feel about themselves or some of your friends really might care about you. And they'll be like, are you okay? Cause some people knew I wasn't in the best mental state and they're like, well, you don't look okay. How do you feel inside? And I appreciated that much more because then we went deeper into it rather than just the physical. I rather go into the inside cause that's more important. Well said. Well, I mean, I know we could, you and I could talk for hours. <laughs> we could, um, you know, I know people probably don't want to listen to us talk for hours, but I mean, you and I could. Um, so, I, you know, as we were talking and, you know, all this came up and just wondering, you know, for listeners, do you have any like final thoughts or things that you really hope people kind of walk away thinking about? I would say that I, as a consumer, because obviously I'm not the expert, you are, and I really appreciated. I love this conversation because I think as an expert, it's good to go through the apps and try to figure out which one is better and which one is not so great. But as a consumer, I would say just try not to be like so focused and fixated on the app. Like at the end of the day, the app is the app and we are controlling it. It is not controlling us. So yes, you could use it to as a guide and here and there, but when it takes over your life and you tie your worth to it, then I feel like that's not the best thing for you. So that's my advice to everyone. I'm still going to use my fitness pal, but I'm not really going to be on top of it. And I'm going to feel okay if I don't hit my calories. And I want everyone else to feel okay with that too. It's a guide. It's not meant to be strictly followed. And if you don't, then you're not a good person or something like that. So that's my advice to everybody. All right. Well, I wish I could get you off the app, but I'm going (laughs) to let you be. (laughs) Maybe when we get off the episode, you're going to try to get me off, but that's okay. I'll get up. I'll get off my soapbox. But you know, I, I do think you know, cautious. Be cautious about these apps. Like I said, like from what I'm seeing, a lot of it's very scary and just promoting more eating disorder thoughts and and more. Um, I guess what do I want to say? It's it's not helping people psychologically, and I think it's doing more harm than good. Or they are doing more harm than good. So um, that's my two cents about them. Um, but I appreciate you know your candor and your opinion about it too so um 
think people do have, they're going to do what they're going to do, but I do think it's worth us continuing to have conversations about things that are out there because, well, they are, they're out there. Um, and we need to have open dialogue about all these things. So. I agree. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This was, I'm sure I'll come on again, but this was, this was really, really good. And I, like you said, we just have to keep having the conversations. And if we could reach one person, I feel like we, we did something really, really good then. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And like you said, I'm sure we'll, we'll have Jessica on again at some point and have more discussion about something very entertaining. So thank you again, Jessica. (laughs) I would love to. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.